I think like a lot of postdocs, right? It was an unexpected journey. Look, looking right. back, um, the story makes complete sense. Looking back, I, you know, had a series of experiences that led me to where I am now and, and have really helped me establish a, a career that I'm really interested in. You know, but at the time, <laughs> deciding in the middle of a PhD that you don't want to do this for the rest of your life, I mean, there's some tension there, <laughs> for, sure. Mm-hmm, for um, sure. This is the ORISE Feature Cast, a special edition of Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Join Michael Holtz for conversations with ORISE experts on STEM workforce development, scientific and technical reviews, and the evaluation of radiation exposure and environmental contamination. You'll also hear from ORISE research program participants and their mentors as they talk about their experiences and how they are helping shape the future of science. Welcome to the ORISE FeatureCast. Welcome to another episode of the ORISE FeatureCast. This week, we are celebrating the run-up to National Postdoc Appreciation Week and having conversations with members of the ORISE and ORAU teams who have had postdoc experiences. In this episode, I talk to Anne Martin, who shares with us her experience as a postdoc, what she does for ORISE today, and how she got into science in the first place. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Today, we are celebrating Anne Martin. Anne Martin, welcome to the ORISE FutureCast. Thank you for having me. Um. I want to start with you introducing yourself a little bit, telling us about what you are doing for ORISE right now. So I have been with ORAU and ORISE since late 2017, and I work in our assessment and evaluation unit, um, which means I work on program evaluations, mostly of STEM and science education and workforce development projects. So I work on grants often where there is a principal investigator at a university partner and I support them by helping to evaluate their grant, which is very often a requirement of the grant. Um, And then often within ORISE, I am helping out by completing evaluations of research participation programs. Gotcha, okay. So kind of, kind of a lot of, (laughs) a lot of everything. How, and did you um, get involved or interested in science in the first place? So looking back, it, it seems inevitable. You know, I was one of those kids in kindergarten. I said I wanted to be an astronaut and an author and an illustrator. Um, (laughs) Great combination. (laughs) Yes. I've always loved space, always loved science. Um, But I also did love the humanities too. Um, So one of my undergrad degrees is actually in English and the other is in physics, which is an unusual combination, um, which maybe helps explain why I have gone down a little bit of an unusual career path for someone with a PhD in astronomy. But I just fell in love with space, you know, from, from my very first memories are of, you know, watching Apollo documentaries with my parents. My dad was really into space history. My mom was really into science fiction. And so they started me early (laughs) and I carried it forward. So you have this epic interest in space and all (laughs) things space program and astronomy. Um, in, in school, obviously, you said you have a PhD in astronomy. 
what was it like for you, I guess, in, you know, high school, your undergrad program, etc. Um, what did you study? What did you do? Um, you know, extracurriculars, any of that stuff that sort of helped build on that love of science and, and specifically space? Sure. I took a, uh, I took AP physics my junior year of high school and had a, a really incredible teacher. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a person who is a real believer that one incredible educator can change the path of your mm -hmm. life. And I've been so lucky to have so many educators who, who really just helped me on that path. Um, I had a very cool job in high school. My school district hired high school students to staff the IT help desk. Seriously. It was incredible. So I got to spend the school year helping, you know, my teachers, these people who were older than me and who I really looked up to. I got to help them learn to use computers, printers, projectors, software. Um, you know, this was this was the late 90s. So, you know, I was walking in and knew how to use Word, and some of my teachers had never, you know, used Microsoft Office before. Um, and so uh, a really incredible educator ran that program, Dr. Jim Vegliardo, and he pointed me right next door to where the AP physics classroom was, <laughs> where Mr. Teleska taught. And when I took AP physics that year, it, that was the first time that I really actually realized loving space could become a job, you know, was something where I could, I could get a degree and make a pathway for myself. Um, but like I said, I also love the humanities. So I headed off into college studying both physics and English. I had the opportunity to do summer research after my sophomore year and after my junior year. Um, I got to go to really incredible places. I spent one summer at the uh, Green Bank Telescope in Green Bank, West Virginia, working on radio astronomy. And I spent another summer at Cornell University um, in the Department of Astronomy there, met two incredible advisors and mentors at Cornell and ultimately applied there for grad school. And that was where I went to get my degree. Amazing. What a cool journey. Um, talk about, since this we are celebrating National Postdoc Week, mm -hmm. um, talk about your postdoc experience. So I, so during my PhD um, in astronomy, uh, my program at Cornell, you got a master's degree halfway through and then could continue to finish your PhD. So in total, that took me six years. So I was about halfway through my PhD and realized that I still really liked where I was. I loved space. I loved astronomy. I loved being around researchers and supporting researchers, but conducting research myself was not mm -hmm. for me. And I, I had a very supportive, again, an incredible educator, a very supportive advisor who helped me figure out what, what I was really enjoying was working on astronomical uh, STEM education, workforce development, mentoring students, doing public outreach events, a lot of the things that many of our colleagues at ORAU do here to engage the public with science. Um, sort of the joke I always make is that I went to you know, space camp when I was in high school and thought that meant I wanted to be an astronaut or an astronomer. And it actually turned out I wanted to help run places like space camp. That was what I wanted to actually do. Um, and so my very supportive advisor helped me really get involved in education and outreach programs on campus at Cornell. Um, eventually, you know, through a series of helpful connections, um, 
I was introduced to the field of evaluation. And that's ultimately what I, what I did for my postdoc. Evaluation is this really beautiful combination of STEM, the social sciences, the humanities. It brings in that human connection because you're really trying to help programs be the best program they can possibly be but you're using those analytical skills of STEM, those organizational skills of project management, those human skills, those you know, humanities and arts skills of sort of being able to draw themes out. So I, was, I became very interested in evaluation and my postdoc was an opportunity to change fields. I think for a lot of PhD students who are thinking about, you know, we call them alternative academic careers, or getting off that research track, figuring out how to make that pivot and, and how to get the experience you need to make a change can be tricky. Um, and so O-Rise was able to help me make that transition. Um, I was in the NASA postdoctoral program. Um, I participated from 2011 to 2014 and O-Rise was, was operating that program at the time. Um, I was a postdoc at NASA Langley Research Center, which is in Hampton, Virginia. And I was the the first NPP fellow ever um, to be funded by their Office of Education because most of their postdocs come through as, as scientists or engineers. Um, so it was very formative. It was this amazing experience that let me take all the knowledge and experience that I had and, and you know, was an opportunity available for a PhD scientist and really gave me the opportunity to build up some experience and gain some knowledge in what was a new field for me professionally. It's amazing. And so now you, <laughs> you are an evaluator. You do evaluation yes. um, full time. So you took what you learned and um, parlayed that into your current career. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. it, I, I think like a lot of postdocs, right? It was an unexpected journey. Look, looking right. back, um, the story makes complete sense. Looking back, I, you know, had a series of experiences that led me to where I am now and, and have really helped me establish a, a career that I'm really interested in, you know, but at the time, <laughs> deciding in the middle of a PhD that you don't want to do this for the rest of your life. I mean, there's some tension there <laughs> for, sure. Mm -hmm, for um, sure, but uh, I'm, I'm really happy with the way things have gone and just the, the really incredible mentors and, and teachers who helped me along the way. I don't think, I don't think anyone can ever understate sort of that, that role of someone who takes you under their wing and helps you along. Absolutely. I, I understand that even though um, my background is not scientific, you know, I can certainly pinpoint the teachers that helped drive the direction that got me to, you know, where I am today. Do you have the opportunity in your current role and to, do you have the opportunity to be that person for others? In terms of being a being a mentor or um, helping other students find their way, so it's it's been a while since I've been a formal mentor um, for students or participants. Um, but I, you know, in in our group, um, our group is structured so that we're all evaluators, but at different levels of our career. And so, as a project manager on you know small scale evaluations to very large scale evaluations um that's that's an opportunity to work with others on our team um to help them sort of you know try out some new skills you know flex some new muscles um and then also i'm, I'm pretty active in um the my undergrad institution was a, a state university here in new york university at buffalo and i try to stay active in in their alumni organization and their women in stem group um 
and you know, I've made, I've made some connections with, you know, a lot of interesting young people just starting out in STEM. Um, and since, you know, my pathway has been so different and unusual, I can share that wisdom too. You know, it's okay when you're 20 to not know where your life is going to lead, because right. even if you think you do know, you might be wrong. Um, <laughs> Someone may come along and say. <laughs> right. Um, and then there are just these entire careers that take advantage of a STEM skill set and mindset that, you know, most people aren't even aware of. I, I certainly didn't know about evaluation when I was an undergrad. And if I had known about it, I, you know, I, I still think it was the right move to go and pursue my PhD in the STEM field. I'm so glad that I did that and had that experience. Mm-hmm. But if I'd known about it a little earlier, you know, I could have picked up some extra classes here or there that might have helped me down the road. So um, I, I have, you know, worked with some students from the University of Buffalo, one of whom actually did end up, she shifted specifically to evaluation and now works for an organization in San Francisco that evaluates um, public-private partnerships. And she has a, a statistical background and is, you know, she, it was important to her to apply that to social issues that she believed in. So it was a great pathway to, to connect those two ways of thinking. Very cool. Um, and is there anything that I have not asked you that you want to make sure that we capture before we end our conversation? That is, that's an interesting question. Let me, <laughs> let me just ponder. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so, so I think one of my big takeaways, you know, when I was, when I was a grad student and a postdoc and trying, trying to make it a change and trying to forge a new pathway for myself, a lot of the advice that's out there is, is to try to network, expand your <laughs> network as much as you can. And I'm, you know, a little bit of a shyer, more introverted person. And, and looking back, I've realized that a lot of a lot of networking can be peer to peer. You know, it doesn't always have to be, you know, connecting upwards to someone who's a highly established leader, right? It can be making good connections with people who are your colleagues and peers mm-hmm. who can go on to become your coworkers. I ended up here at Orise by you know making a connection uh, with with Dr. Erin Burr, who was she was the Orise evaluator working on NPP when I was gotcha. a postdoc. Yes, okay. <laughs> so those kinds of connections can be great, and and then other connections, you know. From my my time at NASA, after I stayed at NASA for three years after my postdoc, you know, I still get requests in my inbox for, you know, evaluation contracts, evaluation work. And none of that is because I'm great at networking or schmoozing or like putting myself out there. It's the basics of being reliable, being a, a good person to work with because I, you know, I keep my promises. I'm easy to get along with. I, you know, do good work. And I think sometimes it's very easy to see networking as a set of skills that's completely unrelated to the core of who you are and what you do day to day. But if you're doing good work and sharing it and using it to help other people, that that sticks with them and that, you know, can help you and it helps the entire scientific enterprise. So it's, you know, win, win, win. Awesome. And so your advice to postdocs as as we are celebrating National Postdoc Week is take the opportunity to to network, even if it's with your peers, not necessarily, um, Mm -hmm. you know, those big upward leaps and not necessarily because I'm not I'm not a small talk person myself, like being in a room with, you know, 100 people having a small talk, you know, makes me break out in hives. But um, (laughs) one-on-one, you know, it's awesome, whether it's a peer or what, you know, or, you know, above my pay grade. So um, I think that's important. You know, you have to sort of flex yourself and 
get outside of your bubble. But, it, and it also doesn't have to be a, you know, you don't need a complete personality transplant. You, you can be yourself and figure out the way that, how does being myself help me network? You know, am, I, yeah. am I the person who always offers a helping hand? Am I the person who always connects people? You know, whatever does come naturally to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, Anne Martin, thank you so much for spending some time with us today to learn a little bit about you and to celebrate National Postdoc Week and sharing your experience. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Happy National Postdoc Week. Thanks, Anne. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the O-Rise Feature Cast. To learn more about the Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education, visit orise.oreu.gov. Or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at O-Rise Connect.